At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hi. Hi. Testing. Testies. Testies. One, two, three. Boner. I don't know shit about fuck. Fucker. I like sucking, but I ain't gay. Legit. back to legit bat we uh have taylor and jeff they've previously been on uh separately and we had the pleasure of seeing them in real life in this like whatever you want to call real life but we got to hang out with them for a day and go see some crystal shops and nature walks and all that yeah we went to mount shasta you guys hiked mount shasta or tried to yeah we we went there again after that too and actually did hike it so to the top uh, we did summit, yeah. We did yeah. not. We we did the summit. We hiked above the summit parking lot. We did not technically summit Shasta, but we hiked up there where we couldn't get to the first time. Yeah, gotcha. High enough. that's cool. Shit. And then I got really sick. Uh, <laughs> I like I just threw up everywhere, and then it was just it was. She a got mess. some pretty serious elevation sickness. Yeah, I was, I was just about to ask. Yeah, it was a little rough, but I, I did fine. What's that? I was wondering oh. how your breathing was doing. Like, did you notice any difference in like struggling or anything um, like that? Or it was hard it? to tell because I have asthma, so just going uphill is just like I'm always winded. Right. <laughs> like being able to breathe is like every time we hike. So yeah, it didn't so, seem abnormal. I was like, like oh, this is fine. <laughs> I can't breathe. I can normally not breathe. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's way too far uh, for me. I would probably die about halfway up. It uh, zero cardio. I noticed yeah. the sand more than I noticed the oxygen. Just hiking in sand really sucks. Yeah. Oh, I bet. Oh yeah. How yeah. high is it to the summit there? Uh, I want to say it's over ten thousand. I want to say the very wow. top's like fourteen thousand or something. It's, it's something. Yeah, it's like, like fourteen forty. Yeah. yeah. I think the uh, top parking lot is like just over ten thousand. So where we, I think we were between like ten and eleven thousand feet. But I could be way off on that. Sounds about right. Is the top wow. parking lot where the lodge and everything is at? No, where it used like to be. 3, oh, okay. Like like today's ski lodge, Mount Shasta Ski. That's uh, it, like thirty four hundred, I think. Yeah, I haven't even been up. And then that when you go then. up to the top of Coyote Lift, it's like five thousand. I was gonna say, I is thought it's still there. Oh yeah. What's that? Yeah, there it's... was there was one that was in an avalanche, took it out, and that's where the top that's... parking lot is. Yeah, if you go up to the top of the lift of what they call the Coyote Lift. And you get to the top of it, the back side, which is all off limits. You go up to the top and then you go down the face and that leads you more towards the lodge. When you're on that backside hill, you can look up and see the mountain where the old lodge used to be in the old lift. And it used to be that you could go over that side that's now off. And they had this other spot at the bottom to take you up to the top where they had another lodge. And gotcha. yeah, that all, 
that all got avalanched in. I think before I, either of any of us were born, it was a long time. Yeah, it's ago. been a while. That gets talked about a lot at the mountain in the little, yeah, little communities. Um, we found out from a drunk guy that rode the lift with us, and we just thought he was blowing smoke up our ass. <laughs> He's like, "I used to work here back when they had the old lodge. It avalanched," and we were like. God, <laughs> and then we got back down and found out it was true. We're like, "Oh, that old drunk coot knew what he was talking about." Oh shit! Well, drunk well, doesn't always mean wrong, just most of the time. Exactly. Uh, it's been a while since you guys have been on, so if you want to let people know what you guys do and what uh, how how this came to be with you in the same camera frame and all that, as much or as little as you want to say. Sure, go first. Um, I like how we met. I mean, is that what you're just, asking? Yeah, or who I am? Because I'm just a carpenter who's into weird shit. Um, yeah. I spent <laughs> most of my life burying my face in a bottle. Um, got sober a little over four years ago. Um, and kind of started digging into all the shit that I wasn't supposed to have in my life. Uh, as a child, I was raised uh, super, super tight-knit Christian. Um, and so things like metaphysics and crystals and energy and frequency were all uh, really, really frowned upon. Um, and thinking anything other than what I got, you know, in that book was blasphemy. Um, and so I kind of ran from spirituality uh, as a whole uh, as a child and getting sober and kind of discovering who I was kind of circled back around uh, to figuring out what spirituality was for me um and found hermeticism uh found crystals and alchemy um and kind of just started to change my life one thing at a time and that led to trying to be more open and vocal about some of the stuff that i had found in my experience and trying to share that with others uh, crystals being a big part of that because i think as far as little things that you can do to start make big changes making big changes in your life that was a good a good starting point for me. I think it's something that could help a lot of people on their paths as well. Um, but I was on a podcast and had some really weird experiences happen outside of that podcast and some energy work that I was doing. Uh, long story, really short. Um, I had a session with a person that I was working with and this uh, girl came in, um, not like physically, but like in session um, and I couldn't see her face. I could just see like the silhouette of this woman in a dress with like this weird glowing orb that was smoking. Um, and it was just kind of like a really bizarre thing to have happened uh, in session. And uh, the lady who was working on me basically said that like that was my person and that she had manifested in my energetic experience. Um, and that, you know, that's the precursor to what's going to manifest in the physical experience. So that was going to start manifesting there shortly um and i was like yeah all right cool you know i'd been single and celibate for over three years um and had kind of given up on finding a partner i thought at that point that i either had to like compromise who i was and be less weird uh or be single and so i had chosen to be you know me and single um and then like 24 hours later i had a message in my inbox from this chick talking about something that uh, I had talked about on a podcast and I got curious and, and went to her page and like literally the last picture that she had posted was her in this fucking dress holding this glowing orb surrounded by a bunch of smoke. Um, and I was like, well, fuck me. 
Um, <laughs> so <laughs> like fuck me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I've been Literally. Long time. Seriously. Seriously. Um, this it's been three me. years. <laughs> and uh, uh yeah. <laughs> so like I knew pretty quick that that was my person and but that's not something you can really say like hey so I saw you in this energy session and I'm pretty sure like you're the person I'm supposed to be with, you know, by the way my name is Jeff. Um I go so, like, by the Hatter. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. So kind of slow playing that and getting to know her and not, you know, sending up, uh, what would you call that? Crazy flags or anything was kind of a touch. Well, crazier. Crazier. Yeah, crazier. yeah, it was crazy enough uh, <laughs> optically. So um, we kind of got to know each other uh, over the course of the better part of a year and decided that that was what we wanted to do. And she flew out here and spent a couple weeks and then basically went home and got her shit together. I flew to Connecticut, put her shit in a box and drove her and her cat back nope. here. And oh, damn. Nope. Was here it we during, are. Was it during that trip? That's when we went up to Mount Shasta together, wasn't it? Yeah, that yeah. trip was the first when we first met. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say person. because when and I mentioned this to Lene the first time we talked, as I said, you know, we're having the Hatter and Taylor on. Oh, those are the people that we went and saw in Mount Shasta. Mm -hmm. And she's like, oh, OK. I said, well, we had Jeff on. I think it was about a year ago because I, I was in between staying with my parents and staying with her and the time that jeff first came on was the day that we had the synchronicity of they were talking about crystals the day that i got back from mount shasta buying my <laughs> first crystal and i was all you know kind of freaking out about it but it was during that that first uh podcast that we had with jeff where he him and i kind of relayed the stories of getting sober um, I had just gone through a nasty divorce the year before I had gotten sober. I was running on, I think my first year and, uh, yeah, he basically explained everything prior to meeting you that he just explained. Now, the only mm -hmm. difference was you were not in the picture. Yeah. So that's, that's really cool. That's really, that's really cool to hear. Yeah. Well, she had some pretty weird shit happen on her end too. Yeah. So I guess, yeah. uh, my story. So, um, I wasn't really raised super Christian or anything, but like, you know, I went to church here and there and then I was just like, eh, something's not Even. right. Yeah. <laughs> something's not right. And so about when I was like 12 or 13, I just started exploring like other religions and just different like concepts and like philosophies. So I was like, there's something out there and like, none of this fits me. Like I want to find like where I fit. And so I started getting into like angels and like, questioning if like fairies were real and just like getting into that whole line of questioning of like outside the box at like 12. And so um, I started really connecting with those kind of like wooey concepts. Um, and then I had my big awakening probably around 2018 or 2019. Um, and then I did an ayahuasca trip and then that just, you know, blew everything to where it is now and then i ended up doing like shadow work and spiritual energy healing you know as a career and so i went from being a makeup artist and an exotic dancer to what i do now um so it's kind of like a big 180 and um i used to like party a lot and drink a lot because i was always just very sensitive and i would like see things like i would see like ghosts and spirits and things like that and so a way to kind of turn some of that off was just like drinking and partying and i just wanted to find a way to like fit in because i was just fucking weird and so um you know i was like i'll just like fit in and drink with everybody and party and then you know that turned into a shit show and i was a shit show for a long time um just a hot mess of a person <laughs> and uh yeah, so I'm 
I'll be one year sober in January. So nice. and had, yeah. So have, uh have, have we heard your ayahuasca experience? Yes, that was the yeah. last time we had. Yeah, time, I think yeah. when you guys okay, had yeah. me on, um, it That's was my was ayahuasca story. Yeah, I can remember mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah, because I so, heard you on expanding reality, and it was yeah. awesome. That's right. So I was like, we have to meet this chick. She <laughs> seems like yeah. And then so um, about probably about a year ago, I went on my first podcast um, with Shadow Ban, and uh, he was like, hey, um, and we actually knew each other from like outside. I think he went to the same schools to Full Sail for audio stuff. And so um, he was like, hey, like, um, you know, I want to have more like positive people on my show because, you know, with the conspiracy aspect, like it can get kind of dark. And I really like your page. And that was when I first started off with my spiritual business. And so I went on and he was like, hey, have you listened to the episode with uh, Tarrant Firestride? Um, I think you'd really dig like a lot of his concepts because you guys kind of have a similar vibe. And I was like, no, I haven't listened to it. And so I listened to it and I, uh, I like heard his voice and it was just like this weird like recognition that I knew him from somewhere. It's like, I know him from somewhere, but I don't know him. And so I just messaged him and I never like reach out and message people like that. Cause like, I don't know. I mean, unless it's like, just like friendly. And so I, I just, I do like, that all the time, but it's cause we have a show. I have to. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, I think that's pretty par for the course too. Cause you, you don't want to be a female messaging random guys on social media in today's world, just exactly. willy nilly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so I usually don't, but like something was like, you need to message him. And I was like, really? They're like, yep, message him. And it was like, my spirit guides are, I don't know, whatever nudge you want to call it. And so I just like messaged him. And then that was what, like November, October of last year. I think it was around this time, actually. About a year, yeah. About, yeah, about ex almost exactly a year. And so I messaged him and then we just never stopped talking. And I you had some. Both of that a hell of a year. Yeah. And so prior to that, um, I kind of went through a rough breakup. I was in a, like a five year long relationship and I was going through like a lot of heartbreak and I was just asking the universe to like bring me my person. And, um, I was doing a lot of like, I don't know if you've ever seen those, like pick a card readings on YouTube where it's like those tarot readings and you pick a pile or whatever, and it gives you like a, a reading. And so I was doing a lot of those to kind of learn tarot more. And so I was doing a lot of like soulmate readings. So that's what was like coming up. And so all of them described like, they're like, oh, you're going to meet him. He's going to live, you know, um, long distance and you're going to meet in the online space. And like all of these readings, they just like lined up and it was like really creepy. I'm like, how could all of these be saying the same thing? And then they like, they're like, he's going to have his own business and like all these other like crazy, like synchronicities. And literally it just described him. And I was just, so when we, we met, I was like, holy shit, that's fucking nuts <laughs> when was when was that reading done was that before you ever even it was before it? yeah it was before i even knew of him it was like probably a year before that wow crazy yeah, it was nuts synchronicity weird. Mm -hmm. we decided by... plans, uh... go ahead what's that oh, i was gonna say what, what's your plans going forward with your separate uh businesses and all that are you gonna try to integrate somehow or just do your own thing um as far as like you know, roofing houses and shit. I'll probably do that on my own. Um, <laughs> but, uh, Nonsense. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he wants me. To help. I don't think he wants my help. <laughs> um, we definitely have plans to do uh, certain things together. We got some ideas about potentially doing some retreats, um, and there's a lot of artsy stuff that we'd like to try to do together, as far as jewelry and um, other stuff like that. We're going to be building uh, a tiny house together. We're building a tiny house together. Um, we're hoping to be mortgage-free homeowners by the spring. 
um, nice. which nice. is a huge fucking learning process. Um, we had the the fine idea to save ourselves some money and buy a an old camper trailer and you know kind of demo it to nothing and then use that as the foundation um which we saw a lot of people talking about online now after buying the thing and getting really started to get into it we've got to learn cool things about you know weight restrictions on trailers and <laughs> yeah um, so it, uh, yeah it's it's been a learning experience it looks like we're gonna have to demo this thing down to the deck and then uh replace the axles and the tongue and then reinforce the deck and do all kinds of stuff because right now it's rated for like eight thousand pounds and that includes the trailer which includes the trailer and so and even like, if not we our use stuff. <laughs> metal studs or whatever it would be really hard to stay under that weight um and yeah. we we want a larger home with a with lofts on both ends and i'd like to wood frame it if i could so i think we're going to try to about double that and get closer to fifteen thousand as far as our weight limit um which will be i'm gonna have to learn to weld and all kinds of other stuff that i don't do um so it'll be a lot yeah yeah that's awesome though you're gonna you could teach people how to do it afterwards Mm -hmm. we're talking about documenting it yeah yeah, yeah you could. there's so yeah. many people that do that with buses and other shit online. Like mm-hmm. you see the before of this old yeah. school bus, and afterwards it looks like it looks like nicer than my house on the inside of this bus. Yeah. <laughs> well, what we've noticed is nobody finishes. Like there's probably 30 yeah. different people who have gone out and like bought a trailer and demoed it and started, you know, building it, and then you never see the end of the project. And I think what's happening is they're realizing the same thing that luckily we realized before we were two thirds of the way through the build is that their shit's gonna be too heavy for the trailer that they're trying to use. Right. And so I think the idea just kind of gets scrapped and they never say anything about it. Um so we, as far as I know, would be the only like top to bottom front to back uh taking an old rv and making yeah, it like a tiny house exactly so we're gonna try to do that and then you know i'm running out of years that i can do what i did this year to my body i'm only 33 but i started roofing houses at 13 so this is my 21st season um and i i ask a lot of the meat suit and so um this tiny home thing might be uh I'm, I'm hoping it's going to be a way for us to create some income that I don't have to kill myself for, you know, yeah. tiny homes are worth anywhere between 80 and $140,000. Um, so if we can build a couple of those a year, um, and fund finance it ourselves and, you know, do the labor in house, we do a couple of those a year and it could be pretty profitable. Got someone yeah. at the door out there. We can yep. pause. Yeah. Yeah. It's not, it's somebody else has got it. They're just being impatient. So. Oh, okay. oh. <laughs> no worries. So what's the difference between a tiny house and a, like a travel trailer? Cause I mean, they both are kind of tiny houses, but I've seen the, I don't know if they're Tesla tiny houses or something. I don't remember. No, but the they're tiny like, homes, they're oh, just like yeah. a little tiny house that are, right. they're usually beautiful. It's like a little bungalow. Right. And I've seen the inside of that and it does look different than a travel trailer. But so Yeah. Just, the only so difference I, is one is on like a foundation and one's on wheels. Well, and I think what he's asking is like a travel trailer is usually framed with like one by fours turned sideways. They're framed super light and it's not a house. It's it's a travel trailer. Whereas a tiny house is usually framed with either two by three or two by four studs and it's built like a house, right? So square footage wise, it's small. It's small. Yeah. And so the one that we're building is to be 28 feet long. Um, 
we can build it eight and a half feet wide and we can build it 13 and a half feet tall without needing special permits to take it and without having restrictions about like going under bridges and shit like that. Um, half feet tall. That's plenty tall to, uh, make a little loft or something. Exactly. Right? Mm -hmm, yeah. yeah. So we'll have like uh, a full size downstairs and then two loft areas for the kids well, and, and that, an office space. That square footage is awesome for where you guys are at that they don't they don't require permitting up to that. In yeah. California, you have to permit anything that's over a 10 by 10 in square footage. You're only allowed to have a hundred mm -hmm. square feet. It has to be underneath that by an inch to not have to have it permitted. And then they have a bylaw that if it's not permitted, it can't be stationary. And you're not allowed to live there more than 30 days out of the year. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. I think they make it tough to live in them, too. They do. They don't um, want you think, off the grid. I think right. Washington and Oregon are both states that are pretty on board with it, like, legality-wise. And, and then like, you go to Kentucky, and they're like, do whatever the fuck you want. Yeah. Well, exactly. And so I think a lot of the things that we build will probably end up east of where we're at right now. And that's why we're trying so hard. You know, we could have built, like, a 34-footer and had more room. Um, but our plan with this one is to kind of like live in it for six months and decide how we could do it better. Um, and then build another one and sell the first one. Um, and so we wanted to make sure that we stay, I think most States, like 48 States, you can be 53 or 54 feet long with the tow vehicle. And so you get any longer than 30 feet and you're starting to really kind of touch on the edge of that, right. uh, length restriction, which could potentially harm resale value. We want it to be able to be used basically anywhere not to well, mention the cops leave you, alone. you don't you don't need to give them a reason to give you trouble over anything they have enough of that right. well exactly <laughs> and my whole deal with law enforcement is to just like minimize interactions altogether exactly. you know, i just not have a conversation whether i was in the right or the wrong I just the radar. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. well and once you get up to a certain level too considering that these would be houses like you said that end up back east you get too big the shipping for an oversized load is a whole hell of a lot more than yeah. anything that's under that. Yeah. Well, we'll probably have to deliver it realistically. Oh, okay. So that would actually probably save you money as long as you had like the right thing that they're requiring for you to transport it that far then, yeah? Yeah, exactly. And everything we're building is towable, 100% mobile. So like if somebody yeah. in Arkansas wants to buy my trailer, I'll just drive it out there. I mean, if, if I got to drive to Arkansas to make 130 grand you know and i charge him for delivery then i'll do that twice a year if that's, that's what i need yeah to after do. after gas prices you'll make at least five grand off that deal <laughs> right <laughs> well after yeah. after the uh, joe's question about you guys uh combining forces professionally my first thought was you know after you said a couple of practice houses my first thought was well then you can build her a wellness center or a bunch yeah. of tiny houses that breeze way together with a fire pit in the middle and and yeah. uh, there you go. Well, the idea is get... our commune. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. The idea the... is to get property. Yeah, we want to get yeah. property, and then we want to have like different areas that maybe we can like rent out, or we can have like a place there where we go. can do things like that. So, it'd be kind of cool. That's awesome. So it's funny because what Ben was talking about was the restrictions in California on what you can build. I've heard a lot of people get around it. It's expensive, but mm -hmm. you uh, basically build down, uh, so underground. As long as it's 10 by 10 still oh. and then 10 by 10 structure on top, which is like the entrance to your actual house. I don't know what the legalities are on that anymore, but I've heard a lot of people that's their, their plan is to make an underground. Cause then you have a bunker too. And it doesn't look like much from the top. It looks like a shed. The problem with that, is, 
you still got to pay property tax on your property. So they still get you, you know, it's yeah. not going to be a hundred percent off. Well, as far as our stuff is concerned too, it's all temporary structure because it's good. It's right. not going to be mounted on anything. And so as long as it's on wheels, it doesn't really, there's laws about living in a temporary structure, right. In California. Um, but you can also get around that. You have to move it every, so often. you know, every 28 days or whatever. And if you have a big enough property, you can just move that sucker around the property. Well, what, what oh, I yeah. heard one person do that walked into the solar shop I worked at, they built 12, tw 12, uh, two story, 10 by nine. So basically a bottom floor and a top floor per building. And they built 12 of them with uh, non-permanent connecting like breezeways. Mm -hmm. And they were like, so here's the thing. It doesn't have a permanent foundation. Um, it's under 10 by 10. So I don't have to have a permit. Um, but legally, I'm only allowed to stay in them for 30 days so they would basically just every 30 days go to the next building so that, right. never, so that they never actually had to leave their property yeah. every every house had something different in it but it was up to code where it had electricity and running water and that was all they asked for mm -hmm. so he was like yeah so i'm gonna go sleep in my kitchen for 30 days it's not like they're gonna check on me and as long as on the blueprints you say i have 12 non-permanent under 10 by 10 residences for 30 days, one per month, they can't do shit about it. That's and you smart. can have a fence around it. your property. You get some barbed wire, maybe an electrical fence or something, you know, keep people <laughs> fuck away from it. You get a bunch of of I'm trying to get somewhere where nobody's going to give a shit. You know what I mean? And like to, yes. to fight me, you have to be able to see me. And it's really easy to put some fence in. And what I'm doing back there is whatever I'm doing back there. The only person that really needs to get onto my property is ever going to run my septic tank because we're going to be set up with we won't need electric we won't need water i'm gonna try to buy a property with a creek so like really the only thing we need is somewhere to deal with black water unless we decide to do a compost toilet which is very viable too so really we don't even need that you know so the idea is to just kind of get lost somewhere that's far enough out of town where we don't have to interact with anybody and close enough to town where i can get to where i need to to work and make money which right now i'm kind of married to the portland area unfortunately but like the idea why that tiny home idea is so appealing is if like I can do that from anywhere you know so we get some property flowers out of town and um I'm all set up cordless so it's like charge the batteries with the generator while it's on and then I can work with or without power well hell if you really wanted to like wherever the places that you're living now you can always buy all of the stuff for a new one deconstructed mm -hmm. literally you know if you're selling two of these homes a month you're saving up money or a year you're saving up the money you're doing all that stuff year or two later you'd be like all right so i have all this stuff i need for our new tiny house um let's throw it on the flatbed and we're gonna drive to this state we just bought property and we're gonna set it up there in a week yeah there's there, lots of your, your move is done it, it just feels like mobile freedom because then you can get, a, get out of portland and get somewhere less fucking weird well that's <laughs> the idea <laughs> Yeah, I didn't like Portland's the idea of buying a home anywhere. I don't want to go half a million dollars in debt to be stuck somewhere that right. I may not want to be in three years, you know, and yeah, then the we housing market now houses. is just crazy. It's just nuts. Like it's yeah, you not, the get. homes aren't going to be worth that much, you know, in even like a couple years. So it's right. It's, it's, we're like, what's the point of buying a house that's going to cost us like half a million dollars. And in a few years, it's going to be worth like two, three hundred K. It's like right. we're going to lose a lot of money, you know, so. Well, I think if we can all agree that good things aren't happening with the market right now. No, it's all it's all looking pretty bad. But yeah, that, that the other cool thing about being mobile is 
if shit goes even mild, mildly sideways, you could probably just drive off into some trees somewhere, you know, way off the main road and set up shop there. Find find a little yeah. creek, get a water filter. <laughs> I mean, it's like camping, but way cooler and nobody knows yeah. where you're at. It's like camping, oh. but with a camouflage net. <laughs> <laughs> I just like the idea of being able like the, the whole idea for me is to be able to do what I want when I want to do it. And yeah. um that just feels like a really good way to kind of ensure that if things change where we're at and we want to go somewhere else, then we'll go. And like you said, it's like we find some road to post up on for a while if we yeah. needed to. And if somebody gives us a hard time, then we can move it a quarter mile and post up there. You know, it's just, it's <laughs> total freedom. Outside. Yep. Yeah, and we're in a nice good. house. Like I can build a nicer tiny house than any, any home I could ever afford to put myself in. Oh know? yeah. And it's not worth it anyway, because a bigger house just means more cost to heat and cool. Mm -hmm. and yeah, there's more to keep and there's more stuff. Yeah, you don't need that much space. Yeah, you that's all you'd have to clean is a counter this big. Yeah. Yeah. Twenty minute cleanup. Whole house whole is house done. Whole house is done. Next well, task. That's, that's the thing that people, you know, you don't realize how little you actually need to survive. When people are talking about, you know, amenities and convenience and stuff like that, it's like, yeah, having a huge kitchen is awesome you have all the space for all the things you can do all the cooking and then the cleanup is a fucking bitch mm -hmm. so it's like when you have a smaller <laughs> counter just for that example yeah you may not have all the room but mm -hmm. cleanup takes two minutes and then you're done and you can sit down as a fat fuck and be like okay time for a nap we're done unless <laughs> unless you're super white rich and you can have a maid that comes in you know does that <laughs> shit for you. well and i think the first time that you guys had me on we talked about like energetic exchange and I, I kind of broke down why gold is valuable the way that it is. And just realizing things like that made me understand that like I had to start thinking about what, how much energy I was willing to part with and what I was getting for that energy that I was parting with. Right. And started thinking yeah, you about, talked about the currency exchange of your energy being put into something and getting back, like for instance, them, them growing produce and you saying hey you know why don't you give me this many pounds of vegetables a month for the next year and i'll do your roof for you three days right. of work and there you go you got a year's worth of food exactly. in one area and it also made me start thinking about like wants as opposed to needs right like i was taught mm -hmm. to want this big ass house and a big ass truck that was brand new and all these things but like what i had to part with to have those things didn't seem to make sense to me you know and like i was before I met her, I was like seriously considering moving into a 10 by 10 shed off grid and starting there because what I needed was a dry place to sleep, right? Where the animals couldn't get to me and I needed to be able to do whatever I wanted to do. And in that situation, I could have those two things. Those were my top two priorities, you know? And so it just kind of changed the way that I thought about things. And I, I don't need a whole lot of room. I don't need a brand new truck. I need a place where I can keep myself and the people that I care for comfortable um, and be able to create abundance to continue that way of life. Right. And I can do that from anywhere. I can do that in 240 square feet or whatever a tiny home is. And I can do it comfortably and I can do it without a huge overhead to where when I do make money, I can spend that money on things that I want to do as far as bigger ideas like property Um or creating change in people outside of myself. And so um, it just, it felt like the right call, it really did. Yeah, I love it. I, I've had a plan, not a really a plan, more of a lofty idea that when I retire, I will sell all my shit, get a trailer or a motor, motor home probably doesn't make as much sense because I want to detach from it if I want, but yeah. And just 
literally drive and just go somewhere. Of course, you still need money because you need gas and all that shit. Yeah. But, right. You know, all that bullshit stuff you have to have to survive. But yeah. <laughs> well, it, you can get that cost of living down. It opens up a lot of doors. Yeah. Oh, for sure. No, yeah, I don't want to be hired to do that, though. You know, I want right, to do it exactly. Now. What are you saying? I just I want to be able to experience as much of life as possible, and I feel like when you're tied down to so much stuff, because we're conditioned to want stuff, right? Like growing up, like I always thought I wanted to live in a big house and I wanted to drive like an Audi, you know, and like fancy cars and stuff. And like as I got older, I'm like, but why? Like, why do I feel like I want that? And then I actually asked myself, I'm like, okay, what is it that I actually want versus like what is it that I'm programmed to want? And so like d digging deeper, I kind of was like, I don't. I don't think I want all of that stuff. Like I want to just be able to experience things. Like I want to travel and I want to go visit other countries and spend a lot of time in nature in the woods and make art and do all the fucking fun shit that my soul wants to do instead of all the things that, you know, I think I should do. Programmed I think that that's programmed into us on purpose to More prevent us from purpose. being the best selves we could be. Like yeah. if we knew how powerful we were and all the amazing things we could do, the world would be a very different place. So there's mm -hmm. things like the media and commercials and magazines that tell you what you should look like and what you should buy and what you yeah. should and the education need. system. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it just teaches you like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Yeah. No one ever. And, and you have to be like a doctor or a lawyer <laughs> or no one's like, I just, you know what I used to say to that question? I used to say, I don't know. I just want to live in New Mexico somewhere and live in a trailer <laughs> and work in a diner and say, hey, hun, you want the usual for the rest of my life and just be fucking happy in a simple existence. Yep. And my parents were like, wow, way to set your sights high, honey. <laughs> <laughs> but I just, I just wanted to live a simple life and have fun. That is yeah. not what happened. But I, that's how I was when I was little. I didn't want to be a fucking doctor. I just like, no. Yeah. What do you want to be like, when you grow I, up? I don't want a hermit. huge house. I didn't want any of that shit. <laughs> My answer was, why do I have to grow up? I'm like, oh, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> growing up for squares. <laughs> Speaking of growing up, <laughs> that's for uh, bootstrappers. Sorry, buddy. Oh, no, we love him, though. It's all good. Thanks for listening, bud. Um, but no, someday I do. I would love to just travel and turn our house into like an Airbnb or something and just let yeah. people stay here or whatever. Well, and give it to our kids or something. I don't care, but just go somewhere else. Or not ever like stay in one place, I guess. Move yeah. around, whatever, just like you guys want to do. Yeah, be a gypsy. We'll start a gypsy yeah. group, like a caravan, and just start going through New Mexico. Yeah. Uh, do a little meth on the weekends, you know? I mean, no, I hear that's no, what no, they no. do down there. <laughs> we don't yeah, have there's, to do a lot, there's a lot we can learn from that kind of lifestyle, man. Like, I I had a really, really crazy awakening experience when I was at the mountain because there are families up there that live all year long off grid, you know? And yeah. I was taught my whole life, like, the two things that you really needed was, like, a job and a house, Right. Like those were, those were the two staples that you had to have a good life. And I went somewhere. American where there was, dream. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I went somewhere where there was no jobs and no houses and there was more love and more gratitude in that environment than anywhere I'd ever been in my whole life. And it just kind of made me realize I was doing it's, it wrong. It's been proven over and over again, where you go to uh, indigenous tribes and things of that nature, where they don't even grow crops. They just live off of literally whatever grows in the jungle and they talk about their dreams and then they take a shit and they go to bed. Maybe yeah. in between there. And it's like, they're happier than fuck, dude. They don't have a written language. They just know how to talk to each other. They know how to talk without talking, which is bizarre. Um, you know what their but, advantage is? Is that they don't even realize or know a lot of the 
you know, that, contemporary amenities that we have. So they, they don't know what they're missing. They're not making a list all day in their head. I need to go to this place. I need to get milk. I need to go mm -hmm. uh, to work. I need to pick up this before I go home. And then I got to go to bed early. I get me to set I got my that alarm. PTA conference. Of, yeah, the most that too, that grocery store mentality. Yeah, grocery store it's mentality. I need list. to go here. I need to buy this stuff. Right, right. It's like, well, it's like, you don't, you end up finding, and it's been proven over and over again, the people that usually have the least, meaning the least material uh, or economic uh, gains are usually the happiest because those two things weigh the heaviest on people that are programmed to think that's what you need is that mm -hmm. if that's, if your program is that you need all of this, then what weighs on your conscience is the lack of it. And so now you're stressed all the time because you don't have what you were told you need to survive. When all of that goes away and you realize all you need is, well, to eat some, drink some, and sleep, it's not hard to exist. And you're going to be happy if you have the three things that you actually need to survive. And you're living well, in the yeah. moment. I mean, and then on top of that, too, that's like physical needs. But humans also need, like, they have emotional needs, too, right? Where yeah. it's like having a regulated nervous system, which in this society, we're programmed to be dysregulated all the fucking time. Anxious like all the time. What, so anxious, so fearful, so on edge all the time, you know, and we're always in a hurry and nothing dysregulates your system more than hurrying. And so when you learn to like slow down and slow down your pace, and that's one of the things that I'm implementing now is just learning to slow the fuck down. Um, because I was just dysregulated all the time and just always snappy or on edge or, you know, whatever. And so I was like, I need to like find a way to cut that shit out. And so, yeah. It's just cool. slowing down has been a huge, huge thing. Um, yeah, like Ben was saying, the, the people with the least amount of shit seem the happiest. I lived kind of off and on the streets, basically, when I was a teenager. I knew a lot of bums. They were the happiest motherfuckers you'll ever meet, and they didn't have shit. They had a backpack with stinky whatever was in there that they walked around with all day, probably hadn't showered in a week. They didn't give a fuck. There's and no overhead. They I'm, don't I'm have not talking any... about the, uh, the mentally okay. ill ones either. That was a different story. But no, these, oh. these were people that were all there in their head and they're just like i'm i just unplugged from the system like, yeah they're like those are the ones people call crazy they're yeah. starting to look like the most sane people in the world right now they're like i can go do whatever i want i don't i'm not tied but down anymore i can just joke off and you'll remember this too because when we were kids and teenagers we would you know we were young we would walk up and we realized they were the most giving of all the people if you if we walked up and asked them for a cigarette one they usually had all of the different kinds they would be like, well, do you want a menthol? Do you want an all natural? Do you want a Marlboro? Like they could just, and they were all happies. They, and they were all, all reprints. And <laughs> no, but they would, they would open up these packs or, and you know, Oh, take a couple for the road. It's no big deal. Like they didn't care who you were. They didn't care if, the, if they could tell you were judging them or whatever. They didn't care. They were like, I mean, I got nowhere to be. You want to, yeah, go for it. But yeah. fucking, I don't care. This was given to us. So pay it forward. Like that was always yeah. kind of their mentality. The nicest people, they're nicer bums than people that live in huge houses. Oh shit! Sorry. My bad. <laughs> no, go ahead. I was just saying, <laughs> living in scarcity by a model of abundance. It's crazy how that works. You know, we we yeah. see them as having nothing, and it's like a struggle to survive every day. But they understand that like more shit's gonna come around, and so why not just keep it moving? Mm -hmm. And they don't worry about it. And before whatever you want to call the last couple of years, like homelessness was a different situation. I would say like yeah. half of the people that were homeless were homeless by choice because they just didn't want to be a part of the system. 
You know, I met dudes that quit like really good jobs because they just thought it was bullshit and they wanted to do whatever they wanted to do. And so it was like, that's weighing your priorities. You know, people, we, we have these problems where it's like, do I want to buy this car? Or do I want to buy this car? And we see that as something that's like, just spent a whole bunch of time, you know, deciphering or whatever, where like a life like that, it's just like, what do I need right now? And that's, that's what makes you happy is just your ability to exist and do the things that you want to do. Um, and it's a pretty special realization to realize that, well, it's hard at first because then you realize that everything you've ever been taught was totally bullshit and was used to program you yeah. and control you mm -hmm. and make you unhappy because yeah. unhappy people are profitable um, yeah. and unhealthy and people more. Yeah. And unpro yeah, unhappy people are weak too. They're spiritually weak. Like they can't create and like put that love out into the universe that there's something that's definitely trying to stifle that in the Which world. And like you were saying, Taylor, too, like time. Time, I think, was just created to stress us the fuck out like to keep us somewhere okay what time is it okay we have to do this by this time we only have this much time and just that is a constant stressor on people when you just live yeah. outside of that which i can't do we all can't i mean well, we can try it but all it's seems hard so obviously by design too and oh, it yeah. doesn't have to be reptilian overlords although it no, might no. be I, but it's just uh <laughs> at the base level it's just profit you know the profit model that's it all doesn't it even is. have to be evil like i don't know if it's necessarily evil i just think it's there to keep us from being the best we can be so that we can learn how to be the best we can be it doesn't yeah. have to be this dark elite group that's doing it but it probably us. is like, it, <laughs> I don't know. it doesn't have to be that negative i don't know well in yeah. the context of the human experience it's kind of necessity i mean right esoterically or, or spiritually like that's kind of an earth thing right like time doesn't exist outside of whatever this realm or this experience is that's like a here and a now thing that is just part of earth school mm -hmm. and it's funny because time is like one of the things of like the <clears throat> earthly realm that i have the most trouble with <laughs> like i always like i don't know he always has to make sure i'm on time to shit and i'm just <laughs> Like time's not real. <laughs> He's like, yes, it is. We have an appointment. Let's go. <laughs> no, yeah, it's real here. Like, there's something about this stuff that's here that we have to still kind of we have to play along, but we can still be our best selves while we're doing it. You know? Well, right. And I think that you get to a point where, like, <clears throat> it's like wants, right? Like, I don't have to be on time. I'm on time because I choose to be, because I want to be, because I'm doing what I want to do, right? Mm -hmm. And if I don't want to do like anything that is going to create any kind of sense of obligation like i'm out i just i don't do that anymore my bag of fucks has been empty for too long and so it's like if if i'm supposed to be somewhere it's because i've agreed to be there and if i've agreed to be there it's because i want to be there right and so it feels good to be on time to something like that but like as far as organization and structure like i try to have as little of that shit as possible in my life like things are going to happen as they're supposed to and things take as long as they take and if i don't fucking feel like doing something today then i'll do it when i feel like it you know and i'll do something else that's productive or that's going to fucking feed my soul whether it's spiritually or energetically or i'll rest you know which is something that i'm really having to learn how to do because like on one hand it's like there's always something that needs to fucking happen and um you'll never stop there's yeah, always rest, something to be doing rest is a new one for him right, <laughs> he, right. he didn't rest until we met <laughs> get shit done is is what uh it's kind of the mode that i'm stuck in if it's not work it's it's something else but i always i have a hard time just part of it's the adhd and part of it's this uh um i think inherent need for self-validation maybe i don't know well, maybe it's, it's not it's not just that i i talk i I mentioned this the last time we were over at Joe and Jen's, I think it was the last weekend. 
um, and her and I have talked about it. It was the idea that we're for the most part, for the most part, not saying there are other countries out there, but we are largely ahead in this idea that you have to constantly be productive, mm-hmm. that rest is for the week. You always should be productive. Everybody wears their badge of I worked 60, 70 hours this week. And there was a gentleman that was in the Royal Marines in Britain. And after he got out, he moved to the United States. And he was saying, he goes, I really don't get why Americans are so overly driven to the point of ruining their bodies because they aren't eating correctly. They're getting fast food because, again, they only have a half hour lunch and they're pulling a 12 hour day. So then they buy something on the way home. They're, they're drinking energy drinks and then they can't sleep, but it doesn't matter because they're only getting four hours of sleep anyway before they work another 12. And it's yep. like this constant, constant thing. Now, in the idea of what you said about ADHD and always needing to do that, that's how I feel a lot of the mm-hmm. time. Like when I stopped drinking for about six months, I would get maybe three, four hours of sleep weeks and weeks on end. And then my body would crash for 16 hours. And I didn't know what I was going to do about it because I had horrible insomnia. I didn't even realize I was using alcohol to get me to sleep. I just thought it was something that uh, I did at night because I wanted to and because I liked it. And then I'd pass the fuck out and sleep until the morning. And when I started taking the little THC gummies, which I don't really like being high, I only do it because it makes me go to bed and I have Mm -hmm. to be up at 445 for my job. So it's like, what is the point, though, of working 60 hours a week to make the most amount of money you can get when you're minimizing the amount of time that you should be spending with the people that you're working for. That means the people you care about, your family, your kids, all of it. You're minimizing the time with them to make more money that you don't have time to spend on them. You're, You're losing time and money. The very thing that you're putting so much into somewhere else and Americans are widely known for this. They yeah. pride themselves on the amount that they work and how hardworking they are and their work ethic. And I'm not saying any one of those things is bad. I'm just saying that as a general rule of life, as a existence, you shouldn't you shouldn't keep that up. Right. Uh, you need to spend holidays. You need to take that vacation time. And it needs to be stress free. And you need to mm-hmm. get that sleep and shit. Like otherwise, you're just gonna end up you know, under 50, under 40, ready to have a heart attack because it's not a quality of life. Yeah. It's not a quality of life at all. Why do you think caffeine has been not only legal, but so fucking prevalent and pushed because it's productive. Have that morning coffee, go do your best at your job, work long hours. And then, you know, uh, have a beer when you get home, go to sleep. But uh, cocaine is illegal because it makes you happy and you can go to sleep afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and something I learned when I got sober, <laughs> there's a, there's a huge difference between passing out and going to sleep, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like I had to teach myself to go to sleep and for a long time I used weed <laughs> to sleep. Right. And then that's something that I don't even have in my life right now. And don't get me wrong. I think cannabis is a very, very powerful and, and, uh, it's an incredibly helpful medicine for certain people. Um, I was at a point in my life right now where I prefer, I, I get like weird hangovers and shit. I just prefer to be clear headed. Um, <clears throat> but learning to lay down and like be able to sit with yourself and, you know, kind of process the day and then allow yourself to go to sleep and kind of finding that 
that sense of peace to be able to let that happen was a very difficult very difficult yeah. thing for me. Going to sleep is hard enough, but then staying asleep, right? You wake up and you got to pee yeah. or something. Going through yeah. this whole process over and over again, um, <clears throat> and I, I'm finally there where I can sleep. You know, a solid eight, ten hours sometimes. Um, but it it took it takes it's it sounds silly to say that you have to practice sleeping, but yeah. it is something that was really hard for me. Yeah, it is. Yeah, weird. Joe it and I are learning a, the same thing. It's such a different thing than you know having a few beers and going to bed. That that you're out the moment your head hits the pillow. If you're mm -hmm. not doing that, because we don't drink during the week anymore, so during the week we had to learn this. Oh, I lay here for about a half hour and I see weird shit because I'm in this like hypnagogic state, you know. And then all this, I can almost pinpoint the moment I go to sleep now, and then I'm fucking out for eight hours. And, and then I, we found that when we woke up in the morning, I was exhausted yeah like, so tired like if i went to bed drinking i'd wake up after eight hours zing as soon as the alcohol wore off i was wide awake and good because we drank for so long every day yeah. and we weren't drinking to get drunk or get wasted or whatever we would just get this buzz but it went on for years and years so just eliminating that my body was like can we just sleep a little bit more without anything in our system? It was so excited. Did you find that too, <laughs> Jeff? Sleep. Like when you woke up, you were a little more tired at, in the beginning? Yeah, and I kind of figured, honestly, that, that was more about not finding my rim cycle like I was when I was conditioned with alcohol because your body like figures out how to overcome whatever you're putting it through, right? Like, which is why alcohol will kill you. If you drink a certain amount and you stop taking it all together, it's, it's right. literally going to kill you because your body has learned to, to produce this shit to overcome this heavy depressant that you've been taking. And it's like this natural stimulant that your body is producing to constantly get you to be able to function. <clears throat> and then you stop and it's like your body is going to keep producing this because that's what you've taught it to do, but you don't have the depressant anymore. And so it's going to create seizures and all kinds of other stuff. And so I think it's what, for me, it was kind of like that in the sleep cycle as well. Um, but I ended up kind of turning bedtime into a meditation. Like I realized a, that that was like one of the, either right when you wake up or right when you go to sleep or some of the best times that you can meditate because you're still really close to that dream state. So you're not <clears throat> all the way in or out of your body. Um, and so just setting some time aside at night and it's still something that I do. Like when I lay down, I kind of give myself freedom to bounce around in my head. And that's like the one time a day where it's okay to just kind of try to follow wherever my brain wants to go and just see what comes up. Um, and the weird shit comes up too. If you just oh, yeah. watch oh, yeah. it, it's like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. We've been like recording our hypnagogic states, yeah. like talking about it the next day and then talking about our dreams and trying to find the moment, of dream because I can tell when I'm just kind of thinking of weird shit. Well, it's funny because we'll then all of a away. sudden you're dreaming like, and then it's like, Whoa. once you realize so, you're dreaming, I'll be like, what? And like jerk awake. And she's like, what are you doing? Yeah. 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 Happens right. When I'm going to sleep, I'll fucking. Yeah. 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 I'll be falling asleep and we'll be cuddling. And all of a sudden, like I'll have just gotten to sleep and he fucking twitches. I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> <It's sad. laughs> yeah. That happens to me too, Taylor. I get it. He well, hits me in the middle of the night, though. She'll swing her arm over and smack me in the face. I do. You're probably snoring. <laughs> She's like, I do. You're probably snoring. She's just telling you to shut the fuck up. <laughs> no, if I'm no. snoring, she literally goes like this and is like, hey. No, wait. that's <laughs> not true. I don't shake him. He would. He used to hold his breath in his sleep when we were <laughs> looking fun. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah it was. He yeah. And he'd go. <laughs> and, and I was like, Jesus Christ. And him, like, breathe. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, 
I've had to stay awake for hours and hours before. Like there were times where I would stay awake for two or three hours, making mm-hmm. sure that he didn't die before oh he fell asleep. I was a long period of time when I drank too. And a little bit when I kept, when I was smoking weed too. And it, I had to like learn to dream again when I quit smoking weed. It was really weird. I didn't dream for several years. Um, oh, that would be nice. I don't dream at all. Do you take THC to go to sleep though? What's that? Do you take THC to go to sleep? Yeah, that six months that I had off, basically completely free. I uh, I wasn't, I hadn't been into weed for years, like over a decade. And when I stopped drinking, <clears throat> I didn't have a lot of the withdrawals and stuff. I know everybody's propensity, both uh, biologically as well as how much they drink, not just for them, but in, in general, it has a huge uh, deal to do with your uh, withdrawal symptoms. Mine was all mental. Mine was the habitual part of my day of drinking and then crashing. And right. uh, after I stopped drinking, I didn't have any of the physical withdrawals. I wasn't getting the shakes. My my blood sugar definitely dropped. And so then I wanted sweets a lot. Um, but I, I didn't have like any aches and pains, hallucinations. I wasn't like freaking out. None of my body mm-hmm. was failing. Uh, it was just a mental thing for me. And during that time, I actually got this close to completely being over nicotine. And then that started back up. And uh, that that's harder for me than drinking has ever been. And uh, in that well, six months, you're sober. Because you, that's that, all you have. <laughs> in that six months, I think I could have learned. But because of the volatile state that my personal life was in, and I remember telling several people, I want to not drink at all during this because whatever's coming, whatever the storm is I'm going through, one, I want to face it clear headed. Mm -hmm. And two, when it's over with and things get better, I'll be thankful that I didn't make it worse. And then I remember all of it and that I didn't, uh, you know, I, I, I made the best decisions I could completely clear headed without any kind of things. But there was a flight or fight response that goes on in that kind of a situation. I lost 30 pounds in a month. And, uh, and I, I'm not a big dude. I didn't have a lot to lose, but I, I, my metabolism at 28 had slowed just enough that being a stay-at-home dad and not being as physically active, I was actually for the first time in my life capable of gaining weight. And mm-hmm. I got up to 170, and I loved it. I was looking thick. I looked healthy, but I wasn't healthy. And as as soon as all this started hitting, and I stopped drinking, I'm now in a depression. Um, I'm anxious in that fight or flight mode constantly. I dropped 30 pounds in a month. I couldn't sleep for shit. And so I think in that six months, if I were to try it again, getting off the THC, I could get back into that that full, completely sober sleep. Um, I guess it's not a risk I'm willing to take right now with my job, only because I know that I'm going to be up till two and got to be up at 445. And I can't do that for very long or power yeah. through. I don't do well with sleep deprivation. And so... Uh, when it comes to the dreaming though, even when as a kid, when I wasn't on anything, I hadn't started drinking yet. I hadn't smoked at all. I just never dream like sober. When I've learned how to, how to sleep sober, I've never really dreamed. It's once in a very blue moon that I'll have a dream that I actually remember or that I could pull out. Um, and it, they're usually very realistic They They mm-hmm. don't go off the deep end very often. Um, and the things that are kind of weird, you know, you justify in your dream like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's, you know, that's normal. That, yeah, I fucking see that in my <laughs> normal life. Yank. Uh, but then when you wake up, you're like, oh, OK, that's I, I don't know if there's something to that or not. And uh, 
I've thought about trying. I've tried different things. Uh, Valerian root was one that I tried to kind of help um, as a all natural medicine to try to help me sleep. That didn't. Have touch you tried? It. Um, have you tried mugwort? Like a mugwort tincture. I don't even know if I know how to pronounce that right after you said it. So no. <laughs> uh, mugwort is really good. Um, it helps produce like more lucid dreams. So it might actually, it might not have that effect on you, but it might help you kind of get more. Uh, memory from your dreams oh yeah because you're almost oh, certainly okay. dreaming yeah like, you're, you're and, almost yeah like i know yeah and i know I think, neurologically you dream basically all night yeah and it's sometimes thousands of dreams you know in succession mm -hmm. that you just don't ever remember and one of the things too like a lot of times when you don't remember your dreams it's because you're doing a lot of like the inner work in the dream state and some of it's very intense so your brain kind of just blocks it out what do you mean inner work I, I don't, so I don't kind know. of just like processing stuff, like processing, oh, okay. like, um, like emotional stuff or, you know, That's things of that nature. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. And so you're processing like a lot of like emotions that have either been like stuffed down or repressed that are too much okay. to do in your waking life. And so you're doing it in the dream state. And so, um, a lot of times if you're not finished or if you have a lot of work to do, your memory will block it out. Um, because it's not something that you have to necessarily have recollection of. It's more of like a, um, just like a something your body has to process on its own. You're clocking out sense? for that night until yeah. the next time it has the ability to. What's mm -hmm. the mugwort tincture, Taylor? How do you make that? Because I think um, we have mugwort. So Ben, you can come and grab it, and Taylor right. can take it. But you yeah. can yeah. bring me back um, your one keystone from last night that was here. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So for mugwort, I'm not a hundred percent sure. You can make a tincture usually out of like um with either alcohol or you can do um Lime like juice works lime lime juice really or um you can use like an almond oil or something like that but i'll send you i can send you like a link or something on like yeah. how to yeah. make you it. just make tea uh, out of that shit too right because i've made yeah you, yeah. You, yeah you can actually do like a tea you can make a tea out of it too if you don't want to make a tincture well and just melatonin like everybody talks about melatonin but oh, i've read so a bad. lot um yeah about microdosing melatonin so they would tell you that an average dose is like three to five milligrams of melatonin but there's you get a lot better results with a lot of the a lot less of the negative side effects on something like 0.3 milligrams right like this teeny tiny dose and what that's doing is kickstarting your body's ability to produce melatonin as opposed to producing melatonin for your body um so something to consider is like incredibly light doses just enough to get your body going okay this is what melatonin this is you know and, and start that stimulate that melatonin uh producing product or process um and the dream state is like is really strange and it, for me i had to kind of learn not to try to use it every night um because my my brain uh i, I guess these are like compared to like a computer right so i would take in these massive amounts of information during the day um that basically weren't usable at that point in time like i couldn't sit there and tell you what i had read about or anything i mean i would read just stupid amounts of information and i couldn't do anything with it until i had slept on it right and so i would go to sleep and it was i saw that as like during the day i was like downloading right and then nighttime was when i was installing whatever i download right you can have something on your hard drive but you can't use it until it's installed and so i would kind of whether it was the crystals that i was working with i had this big dream altar set up with uh mainly different types of quartz but anyways i was like taking these things to the dream state and trying to process it there and a big part of that for me was that 
the vessel, right? Like the meat suit is very limited, right? You have, you have limits in your brain where spiritually you are essentially limitless, right? And so you have only so much processing power, only so much computing power while you're in your physical body. Now, when you're dreaming, you can make the argument that you're not in that physical body, right? And so all of the rules of the meat suit go out the window. And so if you're taking this information in and just kind of holding it there, right and 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 trying to retain it and then taking that to a dream state and processing it there you can reintegrate that information in a usable way right and kind of use the dream state to facilitate to facilitate that transfer um and which is great right but then if that's what you're doing every night and dream work is where you live then you're not allowing yourself to just dream right which dreams are very significant and we dream for a reason and trying to retain and recall and document dreams isn't really doable when you're taking up all of your dream space to try to use it for work if that makes sense well it's like finding balance there what you were saying about melatonin i remembered that i actually still have i haven't used this in over a year but i got this shit it's called sleep three stress support this is what it looks like and the reason why it's three is because this is what the pills look like. There are three different layers. Oh, right. wow. So probably and rapid that, release and then time release. Yep. And it is each one. There's uh, four right here. Each one is 10 milligrams of melatonin. And the dosage on the back was for two to three. That's ridiculous. 20 to 30 gr- milligrams of melatonin. Uh, It'll give you a gnarly and, hangover too, doesn't it? Melatonin. Dude, yeah. yeah. Groggy yeah. the whole next day. Mm-hmm. That was the thing is that I started realizing that the rapid release honestly just kind of put me in almost like what Kratom already does, which is what I, I've been taking for almost nine years. And uh, it helped me. It helped me greatly stop drinking. I actually attribute a lot of the lack of withdrawals to the fact that I was getting a shitload of water because of the way that I drink it. Um, it would take ease some of the aches and pains and it, it helped me a lot with the depression, um, that was going on at the time. But I started realizing that it's each layer is five milligrams. Essentially it's five mm-hmm. milligrams of uh, fast relief melatonin, five milligrams of regular melatonin, which is the white center. And then the darker green is a kind of root, the bottom layer of green, which is why it's not showing up on my camera is, uh, is the fast relief. Well, I noticed that the fast relief, it put me into kind of not disoriented, but it put me into one of those uh, states where you feel like you've been up for too long, even Mm -hmm. if you haven't been. It's kind of one of those, those heady, spacey, kind of cloudy, but I didn't feel tired. Mentally, I didn't feel tired. Physically, I didn't feel tired. And I could have been up for, you know, 24 hours at that point. So when I finally did fall asleep and all of the later stuff, the uh, 20 to, you know, the 15 to 20 milligrams of uh, the regular melatonin actually kicked in. Not only did I wake up feeling not ready for the day, I would wake up so late. I would sleep eight, 10 hours and I felt like shit until the next night. So now I've drawn my sleep into way later in the morning. Now I'm trying to go to bed at a decent hour the next night. And I've had only 12 hours of being awake. So now what am I doing? I'm taking another three to try to get me to go to sleep at a decent hour. And the fucking, Mm -hmm. it just fucking goes and goes until I finally just said, you know what? She even mentioned it. She's like, I don't think you should be taking that much. And I'm like, oh, that's what it says in the box. You know, uh, thanks. <laughs> it's what the car, big pharma. Yeah, yeah. Is I now, now I, I, I don't, 
I, and I don't want to take it again. That's why these have been sitting there for a year. I, honestly, I don't know why I still have them. Uh, but my our friend Seth, he start he tried to take melatonin while he was quitting drinking, and he had a severe reaction. He was taking like a two, even four milligram, um, and he said that not only did it make him sleep through his alarm, he would sleep for like 10, 12 hours. He couldn't get awake during his dreams. It caused really vivid, really weird off the wall dreams for him, which also could have been mixed with the fact that he wasn't drinking anymore. Um, and it, the whole thing together is he's like, I don't ever want to experience a night like that ever again. He was like, I like dream paralysis. It, basically. Yeah. He said it was absolutely awful. And when he woke up, he felt like worse shit than when he was drinking. So he just went back to drinking. Yeah. <laughs> That's nuts. Try microdosing, you know, or don't, but it's like everything that I've read, like the, the average dose of melatonin is like way too heavy for what your body actually wants. And yeah, like, that's what she body told me. during the day, like you were saying, is that point zero whatever percent, how much it naturally produces. So when mm -hmm. you're doing that overage like that, it just completely screws up your whole system. Yeah. Right. And for me, dream paralysis happens to me often. And then if back in the day when I would take melatonin, because I have really bad uh, insomnia, it would just fuck me off the entire morning. And when I wake up, I wake up in this panic state and it will just have me in a very weird, bizarre mood all day long and I can't get rid of it. And just a no-go. It's one of those things that's, you know, natural, but can also really throw things off if it's not regulated. Mm -hmm. Too much of anything is a bad thing. If your yeah. body's like, right, that much melatonin and all of a sudden you're like here's some synthetic melatonin your body's like, Fuck. it's too yeah. much bro well you guys i know you got to get out of here and we will honor that uh it was great to talk to you guys and hopefully we can meet up again sometime soon and yeah. uh hang out for a full moon or something uh, let, do it. let everyone know where they can find you and uh if or whatever other things you want to say you guys have the floor uh, me first. Good. I appreciate you having us. Um, I still kind of live on Instagram. The name changed. I am now underscore Jestradamus, J-E-F-F-S-T-R-A-D-A-M-U-S. Um, so reach out. Yep. And then you That's can find me name. on Instagram Sorry. as well. There you're good. <laughs> At uh, Taylor Lena. And then I also have a, a website if anyone's interested in like shadow work or things like that. At uh, lovebytheuniverse.com. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Thanks guys. Yeah, cool. Thank you so we'll much. See you around soon. All yeah, right, make it happen. let's make it happen. Thanks for having us. Oh, yeah. Have a good rest of your day. You, you too. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.